Welcome back to Nortex Radio, episode 14. Uh, it is December 5th, the final month of this fine 2021 year. Um, Cowboys got the W on Thursday in New Orleans. Um, where do you want to start with it? I mean, it wasn't the prettiest game, wasn't the ugliest game. It was a win. That's all that matters. But we got some shit to talk about. Yeah, um, I'll let you take the lead. I listened to it on the radio, which is not near as exciting as watching it or even listening to other sports on the radio because I was at work. Um, But from what I gathered, it was not the most beautiful showing. Um, I think I wouldn't say we're starting to have concerns, but uh, we're – we're narrowing a gap that shouldn't be getting narrower. So um, yeah, I think there's definitely some stuff we need to talk about. Um, we talked a little bit about it after the game, some running game issues and stuff like that, but there's definitely plenty to talk about today. Oh yeah, man. We looked great and we looked bad at the same time. Um, Dak didn't have a bad day, 26-40, 238, one tutty and one pick. Um, we can live with that all day. Obviously, Dak, we know, can put up more. We love it when he puts up more. But if he can do that, we get a W, we're happy with that. So, Dak, I mean, I'm pleased with. Um, I still think we've got problems with the line. Uh, but at the same time, if you haven't noticed, Pollard looks great, which is great. You want that as number two. Um and people are dogging the shit out of Zeke. We deal with Zeke haters all the fucking time. I don't understand the Zeke hate. Um, but if you really pay attention, Zeke's busted up right now. Um, he had 13 carries, 45 yards, no touchdowns. And I'm shocked this week he had more than Tony. Tony had seven for 71 and one touchdown. But Zeke's been beat up, and I love the grind out of him. But I don't know. There's something going on because I feel like he needs a break. We're, we need to be healthy come January. Um, Tony's playing phenomenal. Zeke's the thing I'm worried about right now. Um, that's my biggest concern. I mean, he's still out there. He's still giving his all. But we don't want him to go down this close to the end of the season, this close to the playoffs. Um Other big takeaway that fucking was terrible. Like I said, we played great and we played terrible. Um, we were two for 13 on third down. Not a stat we want to go with to win ball games. That's you never want to see that. On the other side of the ball, our defense held them to five for 14, which is a hell of a job. And we did worse than that. So offense got to step it up on that side. Um, we were 0 for 1 on fourth down. That's okay. I mean, fourth down, it's always kind of a weird deal anyways. But – and most of the fourth down calls I've been cool with this year. Third downs, we got to do better than two for 13. Um, we can't we can't live with that if we want to go compete. We want to play further into January and February. Um, on the good side, it was a fucking pick party for the defense. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I don't, I don't even remember who all had them. Um, 
four. There's four, right? Yeah. J-Ron Kirsch, Trayvon Diggs, Monte Z, and Carlos motherfucking Watkins with yeah. the thick six. Yeah. Taking it back to the house. Uh, you love to see a thick six. You love to see a big boy touchdown. It's even better when it's on your team. Uh, four picks is always nice, too. I don't give a shit if it's Taysom Hill. Four picks is beautiful. You're in the NFL. You're playing quarterback. You should throw the ball better than that. So, you love to see four picks. I mean, that's that was the big, glorious stat for the defensive side. So, yeah, for sure. Aiden's for thankful sure. for you, Taysom, too. Yeah, no shit. Um, yeah, man, from the defense, I mean, from everything that I looked at, from listening to it, I mean, it sounds like we played great defensively, kind of like you said. Um, and then we, we just have small – things that we're trying to piece together offensively. I mean, you look defense, even aside from the picks, our boy, Anthony Brown, nine tackles. Um, oh yeah. I mean, and he, Hey, he was feeling the heat last week. Yeah. That's the, the fucking Nortex bump is very, very real. Um, the people that listen to this week to week and also follow these teams know that um, just to piggyback on what you're saying about Zeke, um, everything that I looked at, he hasn't had a game where he's averaging four yards per carry or more since November 7th. Damn. So, yeah, uh, mostly right around 3.4 to 3.6 a carry, and then um, he did have a 2.9. So, yeah, like you said, there's 2.8 against the Raiders, 9 for 25. So, like you said, it's definitely trending down. It's been trending down. And he's not the type of player uh, – this is how I feel. I'm sure you probably agree. That's not um, his personality. That's a – there's there's something causing that. Um, and now we might be to the point, like you said, where he's, he might be trying to do too much. And yeah, we don't need that right now because we're going to need that body um, come January, come playoffs. So – I think you're definitely onto something. Um, his yards per carry have been trending down every week, or not necessarily trending down week to week, but they're staying right in the range that has trended down since he was he was up to five, five and a half at the beginning of the season. So right, yeah. Which what's nice? I mean, we got roughly ten days between games because um, we played last Thursday, so now we got all the way until next Sunday. Uh, to play the football team. Um, hopefully that helps him. Hopefully that gives him a break. Hopefully that lets him rest that knee contusion, just kind of chill, lay off the legs a little bit, give them a break. And I mean, I mean, hopefully that 10 days does it. If not, I mean, I'd still almost consider letting him rest a little longer, maybe even giving him a few less touches, which I know we've had the past couple of weeks, but I mean, maybe even set him, but that fucking, that division lead's getting smaller, so, I mean, it's kind of getting tougher to do that. We should yeah. we should be in the spot, other than losing stupid fucking games, we should be in the spot to have, like, a fucking four or five game lead where we could rest him, but that's the problem with shooting yourself in the foot in those other games, is now you kind of need him out there, but we should still go win the division, so I would still probably lean towards resting him, especially when you got a backup like Tony Pollard. Yeah, football team won four straight division game coming up. Like you said, I mean, they won today. They beat the Raiders. As, yeah. As fucking, I mean, 
ideally, like you said, we get these 10 days, we rest him. And this might be, I mean, this could be a hot take. This might not be well received, but I almost say if, if you're still iffy about it, don't even go into the first half with the mindset of playing him. Exactly. Um, if, if you're not a hundred percent sure that he's a hundred percent ready to go. Um, I mean, I, I would have the conversation with him with, with the offense and with TP and say, Hey, this is, I mean, these are the, this is what needs to happen at least for the first half. If hopefully that helps, if we get into a pinch where, I mean, this is a division game. It's the first, second place division game. Zeke, if we need you, you know, late in the fourth, um, hopefully we don't, but if we do, hopefully this 14 day break has been, you know, but I think if you're not a hundred percent sure by Friday, so what, five days from now, yeah, I think it might be time to pull them in there and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna go TP all the way for this game." Yeah. So, and I mean, I don't know. I Zeke, Zeke might argue that. Yeah, I mean, just because he's a fucking dog, but you get McCarthy in there, you get Kellen in there, you get Tony, you get even Dak. Hey, we need you five weeks from now to be yeah. ready to fucking go. I mean, yeah, we want to win Sunday, but we want to win in five weeks even more so. I mean, granted, we got to get there, but we got more than finishing in just December. We want to go further. Yeah. And everybody fucking knows that. And I think that – I mean, I, I don't know how fucking skip coaching and schematics work, but I also think there are other people on the offensive unit that take a conversation like that and see, okay, we, we need to perform so, so we can rest this guy. So we have yeah. – the breathing room, whether in the game or in the division or both to rest this guy for the rest of this game or whatever, you know, if we come out Sunday and fucking blow the doors off in the first half, then for sure, you know, you tell ZK, man, you're good. Second half, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so hopefully having that conversation or that, that sort of plan, maybe that lights a fire under some, you know, some, Dak and TP. I don't think there's the issue lighting a fire under him. Same thing no. with CD Lamb. Those two want to fucking perform all the time. Oh, yeah. So, um, I mean, I think maybe you have that conversation with the offensive unit sometime this week and say, hey, we, we really need to come out in the first half and like we need to shake this funky shit that's been going on where we, we played Rocky against the Saints, played like shit against the Raiders. Um, you know, those, those were our two to work out. Oh, um, yeah. It, it's it's fucking time to bust this back open. So, hopefully, hopefully we get some shit like that. I mean, that'd be great. That'd be a lovely Sunday afternoon. Oh, we yeah. I love that. And then, you know, that flows into the Giants. It's This is a great chance for us. You know, our next three games are Washington football team, Giants, Washington football team, all divisional, like, this is our chance to to blow it open. Oh so, yeah, absolutely. So it's ours to fucking lose. So yeah, yeah. What what's four of the four of our last five division games? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely ours to lose. We got two game lead in the division. So yeah, I mean, crucial games, but health is kind of concerned. But good side of health. Our boy D Law was back this week. That yes, was sir. fucking wonderful to see. Uh, anything on the Cowboys now? 
Uh, no, nah, not anything crazy right now. We, I mean, we kind of cover, like you said, it's just a real fucking plain Jane type game. I mean, it's one of those weeks we, we got in, we got the win. Um, it wasn't the prettiest thing, but we did what we needed to do. So yeah, we fucking, we see how practice goes, look for any news this week. And then, you know, we'll, uh, we'll keep that shit updated and, and see what happens Sunday. Oh yeah. Uh, Moving on to the old hardwood. Um, we had some good this week and some bad. Uh, Wednesday night, we went down to the French Quarter and won 139-107. 68.7% field goal percentage. Franchise record and the highest per game uh, in the NBA since 1998. That's a good way to win ballgames is to just make everything. Yep. Um, <laughs> same night, Luca got his career double double, and that's crazy because the dude hasn't played that long. But no. Wednesday night was a great night. After that, we kind of get a little more rough. Um, I hell, I skipped Monday, but fuck, it was a loss. What was it one fourteen to ninety six against Cleveland? Yep. So yeah, well, shit, we don't talk about that. Wednesday was better. <laughs> but yeah, went down to New Orleans. Fuck, we looked wonderful. Um, like I said, you just you don't miss, you can't lose. But fuck. After that, Friday we lose 107-91 to New Orleans at home, and then Saturday, yesterday we were both down there. Went to go watch the boys. Um, we watched a Lucaless, a Porzingisless, a Cauley Steinless, a John Morantless. Basketball game. <laughs> Boy, and, did it show. Yeah, it definitely showed both sides. Um, we lost 97 to 90. Uh, we put up a hell of a fight. Um, shit. I know Tim Hardaway played great. Um, Dorian Finney Smith. Yeah, Finney Smith played his ass off. Those two were like the from what from what I could tell, I mean. Dorian Finney-Smith played his ass off in the first half, and I'm not saying that he didn't play his ass off in the second half, and I'm not saying Tim Hardaway didn't play his ass off in the first half, but it's like they were the same player in separate halves. Uh, Oh, yeah. Dorian Finney-Smith was the fucking lifeline for the Mavs during the first half, and then the second half, Tim Hardaway just was fucking electric. Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, he single-handedly got us back in that game. Um, At one point, like, I think I came back with like five minutes left and we started a little run and we got down to within four. Oh uh, yeah. The, the big three ball with the foul, the place was rocking. Um, that fucking gets me right into the, the biggest note that I have written. Um, the fucking free throw percentage, man. Yeah. There, there is a, I guess statistically, if you want to look at it, I don't, I don't know if the numbers would have made up a difference, so I'm not going to sit here and say we lost the game on free throws, but this shit is horrendous. Um, last night, 67%. Um, in the loss Friday, 64%. And Monday versus Cleveland, 40%. So yeah. those are free. Um, here's the kicker to that. Free. When, when we won in New Orleans the other day, 88%. So free, 
They're free yeah. points. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to sit around and I didn't sit here and do the math and say, oh, yeah, we fucking made this and that. and this, These points would have made the difference and blah, blah, blah. But uh, there's obviously a trend there. You can chalk it up to, you know, Wednesday was one of the greatest nights of the math season and blah, blah, blah. Um, but fucking we lose by seven points last night and we shoot 67% from the free throw line. Um, there is potential that that makes a difference. Um, oh, yeah. Even just the even being there and us like being in the environment. I mean, when Tim Hardaway comes off a pick and hits the the three at the top of the key, like that place erupts. Oh and yeah! If he makes that free throw and cuts it to a one possession game, like that place stays alive. But then he yeah. misses the free throw, and we give up a transition layup, and it's just like fucking instantly. Yeah, dead. everything like that we had place. going just drained yeah. out of the fucking American Airlines, just back to dead. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was six free throws we missed last night, so wouldn't necessarily won the game, but there's, uh, you know, there's plenty of other shit. The, the big thing from last night that I saw, too, was points in the paint. Uh, yeah. 50, 54 to 22. Uh, we just absolutely had no fucking, no fucking post presence. Uh, Maxi Cleaver thinks he's fucking Steph Curry. So <laughs> yeah, every fucking, time he touched the ball, if he was outside yeah. the perimeter, he was, it yeah. was going up. Yeah, and we fucking talked about it after the game, you know, last night. He uh he was ready to put the put the fucking franchise on his back. Um the franchise wasn't ready for that, neither were the basketball gods. No. So um Yeah, that shit. I mean, that right there shows how important just poor Zingus is down there. Yeah. I mean, just give him the ball and go to town and down there also, Dwight Powell's got to do a better job. Um, 24 minutes, four rebounds, five assists, five points. Not terrible, but it's one of those things we've talked about it with Luke and KP dealing with injuries this year. I mean, someone's got to step up. Jalen's done it a lot. Um, he's been the big man on the block without them too. Uh, and then it's kind of came in spurts hard away. Powell has done it, but he's – if KP's not there, Powell's definitely got to do a better job on helping us down low. Yeah. My word for that performance last night is just soft. Yeah. You're like you're seven foot, 250 pounds, and you had four rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do better than that. I mean, you just, I mean, you just hit the you, you just hit the nail on the head. You said it. I mean, poor Tim Hardaway had there. seven. Yeah. Porzingis is not down there. Like this is this is Dwight Powell's time. That's his time to do it. We all love Bobby, but we're always afraid he's just going to break in half at any second. Yeah, and Bobby's not going to be playing thirty-five yeah, minutes. minutes. He played eleven minutes. Yeah. So and his knees still looked like they're about to snap in half. Yeah. So you love him, but he's not playing three quarters of the game. It's just not going to yeah. happen. So that is, I mean. That's Dwight Powell's time to shine right there. If if Dwight Powell would have had the mindset that Max Kleber had last night, <laughs> he, he would have fucking pulled down 24 rebounds in 24 minutes. Yeah, so, just give him the confidence that Max he had. Fuck. <laughs> Powell's going to look like Rodman. Yeah, yeah. It, he would have been a fucking freak of nature. Everyone would have been talking about him today. Um, yeah, man, it was a good chance for us. The Grizzlies, were, they're, they're streaking. I mean – they're they're winning, 
And uh, we didn't lose by 78 or whatever the fuck it was. That is true. Yeah, we we did not lose by the NBA record, whatever that was. The Thunder lost the other night, but fuck, it was a lot. On yeah, on please, dear God, don't do that to us. Or just fucking jinx us. But yeah, I mean, fucking ankle, ankle soreness for Luca, nothing crazy. So hopefully that's that's what we see. They got a big, we have, you know, Big week yeah. coming up. So we got a good week coming up. So hopefully uh Luke could come back pretty quick. Porzingis back pretty quick. I mean, neither one of them see too seem too serious. So if they do miss a game or two more, hopefully it's not much. Um Tuesday we got Brooklyn. Uh Wednesday we head to Memphis. Friday head to Indiana. And then Sunday we will be back. But this time we are going to OKC on the road to watch our boys up there. So we're going back to back weeks to support the boys. So hopefully we'll go up there and maybe we'll break the record. Yeah, I think we might. Maybe uh, win. Maybe win by eighty five. We are. I think uh, we might try and shoot a after game late night episode together. Not have to. Not have to zoom yeah. it up. We can. Yeah. Uh, no shit. We get a fucking instant live reaction. I mean, it works great for us, Cowboys noon game, and then we uh we got some pretty good seats to Mavs Mavs here in Oklahoma City. So, oh we'll yeah, fucking be there doing the same shit. Um, you know, like we've been saying this this whole time, as much as we can get out and get involved and learn how to fucking make content, how to produce it. I mean, interact with people. We're fucking interacting with some fucking whole family last night yeah so it's it's cool it's a learning game for us but we're definitely out there you know trying to get involved you know talking shit to grizzly fans definitely be talking shit to thunder fans so yeah it's uh it's fun man um they're gonna know we're there yeah oh absolutely absolutely even if they're not listening they're gonna know we're there yep <laughs> how about our boys the stars Hey, is that ice melting? Is that hot? Man, the fucking – I love a good little hockey run, dude. There's there's nothing that gets me more excited than some fucking hockey going our way. Oh, yeah. We got a six-game win streak. Yeah. We're the greatest hockey team on the planet right now. We absolutely are. We're the greatest hockey team on the planet. We have the greatest hockey player on the planet. That was fun. We have the greatest hockey goalie on the planet. I mean, yeah. fucking whatever. Like, you just chalk it up however you want to. It's fucking. We're, we're the greatest. It. We're the greatest. That's, <laughs> that's how it goes. So, you, when you have all those things, you're the greatest. So, yeah. Um, if you're not on the bandwagon, it's a you good better time. Jump we'll, on. Yeah. We'll give you guys a little pass. We won't call you bandwagon DFW Nortex fans. We'll let you hop on for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. You got to get on before the turn of the year. Yeah. Yeah, but we are streaking, man. We're hot as fuck. We moved up to six in the central, like you said, six in a row, eight and two over the last ten. We're fucking coasting, man. Oh yeah, uh, four to one against Carolina on Tuesday, three to two over Columbus on Thursday, and we had some pretty solid performances. Yeah, how about this, that, man, Rope? Oh, <laughs> fucking just. The greatest hockey player in the world, man. He's my favorite fucking athlete to watch do what his job is. It's oh, yeah. 
Like, I love baseball. I love the Cowboys. I love the Rangers. Um, I love fucking watching Rope Hints skate and play hockey because he's on a whole nother level. I don't give a shit what NHL Network says. I don't care what fucking NHL and TBS says. Rope Hintz plays hockey on a different level than the people that are on the ice with him. Oh, absolutely. Our man got a hattie Tuesday night. Yeah. Just sauced in a fucking open netter like it was nothing. Yeah. Just cherry on top. Fucking that that Minutemen line that he runs with, I he plays on a whole nother level. And Jason Robertson's gonna be right behind him. I Jason Robertson's career is gonna mimic that. And the fucking experience that Joe Pavelski played his whole career with in <laughs> San Jose and now has brought to Dallas. Like it's crazy. Like when that line goes out, it's literally like a dad going out and just fucking watching his two sons, like play yeah. catch or something. He's like, great job kids. But they're like, like super need? good. You're like, damn. Yeah. What do, you, what do you guys need me to do? Oh, you need me to dish one to you. Okay, cool. Yeah. That, that line is stupid. We're like four, I should have looked it up, but it was like four goals in the first 90 seconds or a goal in the first 90 seconds of four straight games or some shit. Yeah. Um, actually, it was less than that. Uh, it was like first like 75 seconds. So last four games, we're scoring like under a minute. Okay, yeah, that's good. Like, what, what do you do as a goalie? Like, oh, yeah. the game just started. I'm fucking still getting loose. I'm fucking chipping up the ice a little bit, getting the cre- – oh, first goal. Yeah, one shot on goal, one goal. <laughs> Fuck. So, yeah, man, Rope Hattie. Not to take away from Braden Holby because we put oh, him yeah. on the fucking hot seat last week, and boy did he fucking perform. That yeah. shit. That same game, um, fucking thirty nine of forty. The one goal that he did give up was just a fucking bombardment of. Shots right there on the goal. I mean, I would almost blame a defenseman for not fucking smoking someone's ass to preserve right. the shutout. Um, but great, phenomenal fucking game by Braden Holby. Oh, I think God. that uh, that and fucking... then was it the end of the game or towards the end of the game? It was in the third <sighs> period. His stupid ass just yeah, fucking just knocking yeah. shots down left and right. He's fucking laying down, loses yeah. his fucking stick. And he's on his fucking side, just like, hey, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. And then still makes a glove save. Then just glove just, saves one that says, yeah. like, fucking 96 miles an hour. Just laying fucking, down, just like, I'm ready. Yeah. Then, Looks like a fucking octopus out there. Just, yeah. So, that was a fucking phenomenal game by him. That was, I think, if I read right, it's his 250th career victory. So, that's pretty badass. Yeah. Um, that's cool for him. It was just a cool game all around. Rope, hat trick, his 250th career victory. And Bones, uh, that's his 25th hundred game yeah. um, behind the bench. So, um, fucking yeah. cool cool week for the Stars, man. Yeah. Uh, same game. Pavelski, one goal, two assists. I mean, he, he looked great, too. We all look great. Everybody's looking fucking awesome. Yeah. Joe Paw is – not Joe Paul. That's that's Joe Paterno. Pavs. Joe Pavs. He's uh <laughs> he's just casually a good fucking player, dude. Like oh, yeah. 
just floating just right there under the radar like he's gotten to the point now where like multi-point games are just casual for him yeah you're like oh one and one for pavelski or one and two or two and one like yeah okay it's like if he doesn't he's probably going to be like in the locker room after like what the fuck happened yeah what what the fuck i, I didn't put up any points so yeah he's it, it's crazy the the fucking experience that I mean he's been with us now for you know two and a half seasons, but it's crazy the shit that he brings. Oh yeah. Especially that line. There's so much potential on that fucking first line that we've been putting out, and he just fucking brings all the experience, all the fucking depth, everything to that line. It's the greatest player on the greatest line on the greatest hockey team in the on the planet. It's crazy. We're winning it all. And we're their fans. Like, we get to fucking cover it. Yeah. Fuck Thursday, that 3-2 to W over Columbus. Robo, I thought I was going to have a Hattie. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, we're going back-to-back games with hat tricks. Yeah. He was on it early. He fucking, yeah. It was fucking glorious. Um, and then what, what was Otter's stats that night? I mean, he had a good game. Gave up two goals, but. 2022. 2022, yeah. And that's a, a stat that's nice, too, is only letting them have 22 shots. Yes. You keep them only 22 shots, you have a really good shot at winning the game. Uh, yep. When you start getting to that 40 and up, that's when you start getting nervous. But, yeah, so shout out to just the rest of the guys playing defense. just And, fuck, just pushing the offense. Staying offensive the whole the whole time, not even letting them have the puck. Uh, you don't let them shoot, they can't score. So that was nice to see too. Yeah, when uh, when Eric Robinson is taking the most shots for the Columbus Blue Jackets, I'm alright with that. Yeah, no shit. I'm, I'm okay with that. When I'm not having to deal with fucking, uh, you know, Boquist or Bjorkstrand or somebody like that, just putting. Every fucking time they touch the puck, just sending it. Um, there oh, was yeah. no line A. So, I mean, I guess that's cool. But like you said, if you're only allowed 22 shots, it takes a lot of pressure off your goalie. Yeah. So. And, um, I mean, you want to say that's nice for your young goalie and Jake, but Jake don't give a fuck. He's young anymore. I mean, he's been playing his ass off this year. Yeah. The dude, the dude wants the net. And yeah. to be honest – if you listen to last week, we were damn near ready to give it to him. But then our boy Holtby comes out and he's like, hey, I'm not 100% ready for him to just have this. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think he's far off. I think with the way that we're working, Braden Holtby now, from everything that I've read and listened to today on the drive back, um, that's our one-two. And I think it's going to be real similar to like a uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of – Split duties, and I think the the premise to that is we have a we have a plan for Otter, and however Braden Holtby can help supplement that, whatever that may consist of, I think that's what we're going to see him step in. But he definitely oh, yeah. he definitely fucking made a made a made an impact on that whole conversation, and uh, I think that's what I was reading about, listening to earlier. Um, Zach Leach from Pro Hockey said that uh, as of 445 this afternoon, the Stars were officially shopping Anton Hudobin. So 
Oh, shit. Yeah. So, which, I mean, when you look at the numbers, uh, just some of the numbers I looked at, hope he's doing, you know, he's doing much better than Hudobin. Hudobin hadn't played since the 18th, I think, game around right. there, 17th, 19th, somewhere on there. Um, and I think after this last week, we found the one, two that we want. Um, oh, yeah. I know we talked about him carrying a little more trade value uh, than Hudobin, but – I think if we're really trying to build Otter up, uh, then I can find the silver lining and keep it holy and plug it and in. Look how good we've been since we've done that. Yeah. Yeah. He's eight and he's, two in the last 10. Yeah. It's hard to, it's, it's really hard to bitch about the results that we've gotten since we've yeah. He's, he's 0.93 save percentage on the season and fucking Otter's 0.951. Yeah, like, I mean, that's – it's hard to bitch about that. We love um, Hudobin. We love what he did for us in the playoffs. I mean, we're fucking, you know, a game away from winning the fucking cup. Um, yeah. We love him for that. Uh, he's he's probably on the, you know, the downstroke of his career. So, if we do decide to move him, you know, probably won't get a whole lot in return, but we definitely, you know, hope he gets somewhere gets to fucking – Skate the ice and live the dream till he, till he's ready know, to call it, ready to retire. But I think we have something good cooking right now with this one-two thing we got going. Yeah, greatest hockey team on the planet, man. That's where we are right is. now. That's all it is. Uh, busy week this week for them too. Um, oh shit, we got Arizona tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday we got uh, Vegas. Thursday, we go to the Kings, and then Saturday to San Jose. So, we're we'll about to be West Coast road trip. Um, lots and lots of hockey this week. So, stay tuned. Yep. Let's keep this fucking win streak going. For sure, yeah. Um, hopefully, just with the way hockey's trending, uh, we shouldn't have a lot of problems with Arizona tomorrow. But, I mean, Vegas, L.A., and San Jose are all at or above 500. So right. be looking be looking out for that. I think the uh the sharks are sleepy good. So watch watch out for them. Um, yeah. Hopefully that road trip goes well and then we come back, start another homestand. I think it's like Tuesday or something with the blues after that. So right. We'll have a we'll have a huge wrap up on those four games and hopefully we fucking win ten by then. So shit be nice. Uh, the Tejas Rangers spending that money, which I know we hit on it last week, but Cole Calhoun, Sonny Gray, or no, John Gray, we've talked Sonny, uh, Marcus Simeon, Corey Siegel, all officially signed. Um, CBA lockout now. Um, we've hit on it before. Go back and listen. Um, pretty much players, owners negotiating two unions against each other. But right now, we can't do a fucking thing. Everything is frozen time. Um, but that is nice. We hit our offseason needs hard already, and we're still not done. No way in hell we're done. Um, Chad's question. We asked Chad to give us a good one. Um, and fuck, I don't even know if I can find it now. 
I believe I'm trying to find out his fucking question now. Oh, the four newest players. What's our favorite thing about each one? Um, we'll just go player by player. Cole Calhoun. I wrote down one word, and it's grit. The dude, if you're a fucking Ranger fan, honestly, probably a fair weather Ranger fan, knows Cole Calhoun. He's played so many years with the Angels in our division and just gave us fucking fits. We talked about it last week. You hit on it. The bastard just flies around in the outfield, just short, stocky motherfucker, just making plays, robbing hits, robbing line drives, and then goes up to the plate and will slap one down the line or just turn on one and send it to the corner. Cole Calhoun plays his fucking ass off. He's a baseball player. That's what it is. He's a baseball player. He wants to win. He's going to give 110% every fucking play, every at-bat. I love Cole. I've hated him for a long time. Even with the superstars the Angels have had, when they come, you're just like, fucking Cole Calhoun's coming to town. And he's going to give a shit. But now he's on the good side. So, yeah, Cole Calhoun, he's got grit. The dude's a fucking dog. Yeah, I agree. My my favorite thing about him, I guess you summed it up pretty well, is that he's just a fucking baseball player, man. It doesn't matter. He um, – a big thing that we talk about on this show, um, fucking podcast, whatever we're called, we don't know, um, is just fucking embracing the role that your team needs you to play, whether that's baseball, football, basketball, hockey, whatever. That's exactly what Cole Calhoun does. It's like you said, uh, you know – we need you to DH. We need you to play left field. We need you to come up here, and we need you to go the fucking opposite field with this ball. We we need you to put this ball in play. I promise you, Cole Calhoun's going to do it. You say, Cole, we don't give a flying fuck if you fly out to center field. We need you to put this ball in play. He's going to put the we, ball in play. Out of who we have, one through nine, whatever our start lineup be, out of our starters last year and Cole, Cole's the, the guy that if you say hit the ball, he's going to be the one to hit it. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I like about him, fucking just aside from the player side of shit, the front office side of shit, his contract is beautiful, man. One year, 5.2. With the way that – I mean, the money that we have, the way we're spending money, that's nothing for us. That's that's yeah. a fucking hip at dinner for us. Yeah. Um, he's got a 5.5 option next year with no buyout if we don't decide to bring him back. Even if we do decide to bring him back, that's still going to be no change to our budget. For what we're getting yeah. out of him as a player – um, I what he he hasn't even put on a Rangers uniform yet, and I already think as a fan, um, just logistically from the front office side of things, with the outfield depth that we don't really have right now, that's an easy. I mean, however they negotiated that, set that contract up. That that's yeah. a fucking beautiful contract for us, and he knows that his agent knows that. And that makes me think that he wants to be here because he thinks that this team is rebuilding Yeah, and there's, there, there is something that's going to happen here. Oh yeah. Which, and I watched the, uh, the press conferences announcing them that day. Uh, and I might fuck it up. I mean, I meant to have it ready to go, but I don't. Um, he had a quote that said, uh, they asked him, like, why Texas? It was pretty much that. It was, 
I see what they're doing. I see where they're headed. And he's like, I want to be a part of that. He said, as soon as they gave me the layout of their plans, he's like, I couldn't let Texas slip away. So, like, he wanted to come here as bad as we wanted him. So, yeah. that that might not – that's not 100% accurate quote, but it was close to it, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, I think – I read that too somewhere, and he said something like – like you said, like, towards the end of it, he was like, when when JD and Chris called, like I couldn't I couldn't not fucking take the call or or whatever. Yeah. Like you said. And I mean, kudos to our front office. Like that shows that people, you know, profile players see what we're doing. And also, I mean, it, 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 there's nothing on paper. That's not a stat. That grit or um, determination that players have isn't a stat. But that goes to show whether you look at it through that press conference release or through this contract, because I guarantee you, his agent said, hey, we take, you know, we can take a one year with the Rangers or we can take a one year with such and such. You might get 500K more. You might get another million, blah, blah, blah. He said, I want to go to the Rangers. I like what they're doing. Uh, And we have the option. So, yeah, I think for us, that's going to be a no brainer. I think he's going to bring a lot of, like you said, experience and grit and even some depth to an outfield that, I mean, aside from Adolis, um, Leotis Haveris, like he's, he's going to be a real good ad. He might. Oh yeah. I mean, we have some great signings and it would be crazy to not say that Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon were, you know, the, the best signings for us, but he's going to, he's going to bring a lot more than what you see on the surface. Oh Yeah. Yeah, if you so, are a fair weather person and you're just looking at the middle infield, that was a big pickup for us. Yeah. And if, you, if you're if you a diehard like us, you've hated that fucker for a long time and you know that it's a good pickup for us. Yeah. Um, Mr. John Gray, what you got? I the – one, the one huge stat I see from John Gray, first off, shout out. He's a local guy. He's from – True that. You know, cent- central southeastern Oklahoma, kind of like us. Um, Shawnee, right? And, uh, I believe then he went to Eastern. Went down Wilmington. to Eastern, where just the fucking cream of the crop go to college, all of us. Yeah. So, Bump fuck Hill, um, Oklahoma, playing baseball and doing it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You literally just drive 40 minutes into nothing. There's a baseball field and then another fucking 40 minutes of bullshit until you get to the, <laughs> so, you get so you get to the biggest. Or, to the biggest hill in, in America or in the world. <laughs> yeah. So, fuck, cool for us. John Gray, local guy. Um, we, I mean, we kind of could have ran across him back in our day. I couldn't have. I was playing too small ball, but you and your people were. Um, <laughs> he's a fucking local guy. His, he's fucking great. The thing that sticks out to me, his career war, uh, people that don't know what that is, wins above replacement. Um, just to sum that up, this, this number tells you in a head to head competition with someone else that plays his position, this person will get you X amount more wins than that person. That's what war stands for. His career war is 11. Oh, if you, if you have a war over six, you're considered an elite player. So, uh, from the fucking you know, analytics, statistics perspective, um, I, this is threefold for me. That number is great. Uh, we're in a we're in a stage of sports and baseball where 
that's that's kind of the stuff we're looking at. We're not just looking at slash lines anymore. We're not looking at, you know, uh, strikeouts to walks ratio, shit like that. We're looking right. at more advanced analytics like this. And John Gray's a perfect example of that. If you look at his numbers, um, I mean, he's produced. He doesn't have the fucking the craziest numbers, but he's the perfect fit for this team. Oh yeah, like we we're rebuilding a pitching staff, and we have part of a pitching staff loaded up, ready to go. And this guy fucking plugs right in, perfect. Oh yeah, and so. you said it. Uh, he's got an eleven WAR. Yeah, in Colorado, as a pitcher, <laughs> yeah. that, that makes it even better. Like, yeah. that's great, but that makes it even better. If yeah. you don't know, altitude makes the fucking ball fly. Pitchers hate pitching in Colorado. They do. Yeah. They fucking hate it. A lot of your pitchers go there when it's a last resort. Yeah. Poor guy got drafted into it. Had to ride it out. Every time someone squared it up, it was going a mile. Yep. It just sucks. But, yeah, an 11 war of his career so far, and he's been in Colorado, is fucking great. Um I love that, but <laughs> I'm glad you threw that out there. I'm glad you went first on that. I have – he's a good salt on. He's not quite a number one, but he could be a number two. Um, and eventually, if he's a number three or number four, that's even fucking better. That just I mean, says everybody great else things better. about our fucking rotation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he's a good veteran. He's been around long enough. He knows the game, knows the routine. He's going to be great to have around your Colwyn, your Dane Dunning, your Jack Leiter in spring training. It's going to be great to have him kind of showing these guys the ropes. Because he's, st- I mean, he's still young enough to, hell, maybe go out with them and have an out of town with the boys. Yeah. But I love that. And then also, he's still, as of right now, he's probably our number one. He still may not be number, our number one come – opening day but I love my thing on John what I love most is that he probably still won't be our number one I don't think he will but he is a great arm to have and a great leader to have with our younger pitchers and our farm system coming up so February March hopefully those boys are going to learn a lot from Mr. Gray um and then we'll hit on whoever we add later, hopefully. But uh, that's what I love about him is his, his leadership is going to be phenomenal for our young pitching prospects. Um, Marcus Simeon, consistency. We hit on this shit last week, and it was funny because we didn't – if you didn't listen, go back and listen. We didn't even realize – we knew we were getting a good player because he was top three in MVP votes. Um, to the last three years, I believe. And this guy doesn't come off the field. And we realized it last week. I mean, you can listen to us fucking laugh like schoolgirls, like, holy shit, we got a guy that plays every fucking day. You can't ask for more than that. You want a guy out there every day. Um, that's my favorite thing about him. And, yeah, you can look at the bombs, the Silver Slugger Award, the MVP finalists the gold gloves i mean he's got a lot of trophies he's missing i mean he doesn't have the mvp yet now i don't even think he's worried about that 
The man wants a ring. But he's got silver sluggers. He's got the – what, did he break the record for home runs by a second baseman last year? Yeah, 45, yeah. Yeah. So, if you dog what we got there, you're a fucking idiot. But out of all that cool shit right there, I love – the man played 162 games last year. Didn't miss a fucking game. You know, every day, every day, Chris Woodward plans on putting Marcus Simeon at second base. Yeah, that's a wild stat. That's like, I vividly remember when I was younger, like, kind of like making fun of all the kids who got perfect attendance. Yeah. So, like, (laughs) I was just like, oh, man, like, fucking, like, that's not cool. Like, your mom never lets you skip school. Like, lame. Yeah. (laughs) But, like. That's, I mean, like you said, that's the most value, one of the most valuable things to this team. And another one of the most valuable things, which is also what I think comes from Marcus Simeon and is my favorite thing about him is his fucking leadership, man. Not only do we have a young pitching staff, which is, I think what's great about the way that I look at these acquisitions we picked up, you have Corey Seager. This is a fucking Boom, we blew the fucking top off of it. This is a multi-year, multi-hundreds of millions of dollars on one end. You have Cole Calhoun, who is a one-year with an option veteran player. And in the middle of this, we have John Gray and we have Marcus Simeon. And you have them both filling similar roles that this team needs, one of them for the pitching staff, one of them for our everyday lineup, our fucking infield even our outfield, because I know without a doubt that Marcus Simeon is one of those players that not, not only is he going to have a problem, he's not going to have a problem teaching or, you know, letting anyone on this team learn from him, but he's also going to be a person that this team's going to gravitate to. Oh Um, yeah. I think on the field and off the field. And I mean, we don't, there's, there's nothing to get into off of the field, but we have a, Young team, I think the experience that Seager's had will contribute to that, but I don't quite know that it's going to be as prolific as Marcus Simeon. Um, he's going to add so much just experience, advice, leadership, mentorship, um, just like, you know, what you said for the Josh Jungs, for the Justin Foskews, um, all of this shit. Those, those are going to be – that, that, that's going to be another thing that we don't see a statistic of, but you're going to watch some of our younger players mature as players. Oh, They're yeah. going to understand the importance of at-bats. They're going to understand the importance of this count. They're going to understand the importance of, you know, this player defensively, what this hitter does. Um, and I think a lot of that's going to come from Marcus Simeon. Yeah. And, and his, his press conference, was one of the most calm, cool, and collected press conferences I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, he's 31 years old, just signed for 70 year 175. A lot of people want to dog it. Everybody wants to dog contracts if it's not your fucking guy. What the fuck ever. So we had 29 other teams bitching saying we, it was stupid money. But everything we just told you is why he got every fucking penny. But the dude was so calm. Not a stressful fucking cell in his body. He was like, I'm ready to go. 
And I mean, you don't want to be up there. Anybody up there sweating, worried? He was good to go. He's ready. Yeah, yeah. The other, I mean, contractually from that, you have to know as an athlete. Best case scenario, absolute best case scenario for you as an athlete. Take the the one outlier to this that I've seen is Max Scherzer, but at thirty five. The contract you sign before you turn 35 is going to be your last big contract. Oh, yeah. So you you have to know that Marcus Simeon signed this contract knowing that he not only wanted to play here, he wanted to win here, and he might want to retire here. Oh, yeah. He's going to be, he's going to be 38 years old when this contract's over. Yeah. If, if this was a money thing for him, why does he not take a one or two year deal somewhere and then double down on that in two years or take something smaller with a player option or something like that? This is, this is that leadership, that mentorship that we've been talking about. Um, This is the guy who, like you said, I've done the silver slugger, you know, I've, I've set the record. I've got the defense. I've got the fucking perfect attendance. Like I want to teach now. I want to teach and I want to be, part of the reason that we win a championship i want to be one of the staples in us winning a world series oh yeah so like you said if you don't like that contract um as a rangers fan we got a fucking steal on that yeah we got a fucking steal because he's third in mvp voting um and i'm being completely honest if i was an agent i would have told him hey don't even consider something long term go get your bag right now take a two-year deal with an option and then when that fucking option comes up, we're going to get one more bag before you're done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he he fucking gambled all of that for the chance to come in to be a mentor, um, saw a young team and was like, hey, this is – I want to fucking build this. I want to win with this. And then I want to fucking peace out on top. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fucking love it. Uh, Corey Seager, our fucking boy. Um, Jersey watch is not even a thing anymore. Jersey is already on order. <laughs> uh, it's on the way. The dude's going to be here for a decade. Shortstop, deep position, lock it up. Uh, Jersey's already, we bypassed Jersey watch. It's on the way. Um, I love Corey Seager. I mean, injuries. Yeah, that's fine. A lot of people deal with injuries. He's done it all. I don't think he has an MVP. Pretty much same thing as Simeon. Damn near done everything but the MVP. Seager has a championship over Simeon, but rookie of the year. Uh, pretty sure he's got a couple silver sluggers. I could be wrong. All-star appearances. NLCS MVP. World Series MVP. World Series title. The dude – is ready to come play for us. And and now, I mean, yeah, he won those MVPs. But was he even really the star of the show? Now he's our guy. He is the guy. We are all looking at him. Out there, nobody was really – I mean, he was a, a big deal. Played his ass off at our own ballpark. And, hell, that might have been part of it, too, that he fucking loved it. But I love – that he's not worried about anything either. He just wants to win. He's done all the other cool shit. 
He's not worried about any of the self attributes anymore. I mean, if he ever was. So in his press conference, he talked about, hey, y'all won 60 games. You better make a sales pitch. And he and I believe he said that he told JD and CY, you better bring somebody else and show me that you're fucking serious. So what do we do? Go get Simeon. Corey's like, I love it. Oh, Cole Calhoun. John Gray. All right. We are making moves. We're making moves. I see you're serious. I see your plan. Corey sees the plan, and he is on board 110%. Because if not, who wants to come to a 60-win team? Who? I mean, nobody really wants to. But he sees the plan. We have two of the best middle infield. I will put it up there right now that we might have the best middle infield in fucking baseball. Double down. Actually, I don't give a fuck. We do. Double down. We really do. I mean. Total player package, yes. Double down. It's not even. Yeah. You don't even have to think about it. But Seager is here. He knows he's the face of the franchise now. He knows it. He was the same way. He didn't look worried at all in his press conference. He's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm here to play ball. Like, me and Simeon's about to go kill this shit. Um, since there was so much star power in L.A., he didn't have to do much. But my favorite thing about this signing is you can tell, which, I mean, I know he's got Simeon, but he is ready to be the leader. He's ready to be the guy of this team and take us to a championship. And that's pretty much what he said in his press conference. Um, and then also, I mean, you talk actually on the field. His swing as a – I mean, he's a big shortstop. He's got a big, powerful left-handed swing that is so hard to complain about from a shortstop right there at all. One, he's – I mean, most shortstops aren't that big. But you get a middle infielder, your star position player shortstop, swinging from the left side, adding a left-handed bat that can absolutely fucking rake. I love it. That is my favorite thing about Seager's. You got a fucking dude who was so happy to be there, just a kid playing the game, but can just swing the shit out of the bat from the left side. That is my favorite thing about Corey Seager. I mean, I love his attitude, but that swing is fucking phenomenal. So if he can stay on the field, we're going to be fucking deadly. For sure. Yeah, I'm doubling down on the whole middle infield. That That's fucking – that's a lock for me. My favorite thing about him is his the, – the type of player that he is. So he's been in the league since 2015. So seven, seven seasons, right? Um, 500 strikeouts. That's it. In today's game, boy, that's a great number. He has over 200 more hits than that. And he's a almost a career 300 batter, 298. Um, all the things you said. He's won the trophies. He's won the chip. He's won the fucking this and the that and the this and the that. And he's still only 27 years old. Yeah. So not only does he bring all of that to the locker room, he brings this whole bag of trophies and says, hey, everybody, look what I can do. 
he also still has the physical potential to go out and show everyone how to do that. He's still only fucking 27 years old. Yeah. Like he's three years younger than me. What the fuck? That's easily the best thing he brings to this. And I mean, it just like all of the other stuff, like you said, that this lineup is scary to think about because you have in the heart of this lineup, you're going to have in some way, shape or fashion. I would say it's probably going to go Simeon Seeger, Garcia, Calhoun some way. But you're looking right, left, right, left. So what the fuck? What do you do as a pitching coach? What do you do as a pitching coach when the game tying run is in scoring position and you have right, left, right, left coming up to hit what I'm going to bring in a lefty to face this lefty, but then he faces a fucking righty and a Dolus. Oh yeah. Like that's, that's another, it's him being a fucking power guy essentially from the left side is going to throw a fuck. He's not a fucking Aaron judge. He's not a Stanton. He's none of these. We're not going to sit here and stack. He's not a Joey Gallup. And we love Joey. Yeah. But we're not going to stack three fucking right-handed hitters in the heart of our lineup. Yeah. And you're going to have, and and he's not going to be a guy that you say, oh, he's a left-handed shortstop. He's going to come in and fucking, you know, best. He's going to bat one up the middle. No, this yeah. fucking dude, this dude will put one in the fucking popcorn. Yeah. He has no problem with that. He'll fucking turn on a ball so fucking fast. Oh, yeah. No issue. And do it effortlessly. Yeah. I think I, – I really don't even think he knows, like, the, the dynamic that he's going to have on the team. I think everything you said was right. He was like, hey, show me some more. Like, show me what you guys are going to do. Huge fucking – I'm not even going to get into that because that's going to be fucking later on. But – I don't. I still don't think he fully knows. He knows he's going to be a leader. He knows this is going to be his team. But I still don't really think he understands the fucking problems that him being on this team is going to cause for other teams, especially oh, in yeah. our lineup. In our oh, fucking yeah. lineup, that's it. That's crazy. And like you said, he's no Joey. We love Joey. His numbers are better than Joey. You can say Joey was left-handed too. Blah blah. blah. His numbers are f- fucking nuts. Yeah, he's a 300 career hitter, and the strikeouts. Yeah, he's in seven seasons, fucking 2,419 at bats. He struck out 500 times. Jesus. Yeah, this this day and age, that don't happen. No, no, not while you're putting up fucking a 300 batting average. Yeah, yeah, damn sure. So, what I love too, and. We might be slowly wrapping up baseball talk for a while. We don't know yet. But he's mentioned that he has talked to Kershaw a few times. Um, of course, we've all fucking heard it. Kershaw's from Texas. Kershaw's from Texas. He wants to come home. That doesn't always play a factor in anything. Um, look at Trevor Story. We didn't sign him. Um, everybody thought Anthony Rendon was coming to Texas. Didn't sign him. Which that was before this podcast, but I don't give a shit. You can go back and look at my Twitter. I'm glad we didn't. Um, that's my fucking take. But the home field shit coming home, 
I think is the biggest crock of shit, to be honest, uh, when everybody throws that out there about where they want to go. Or not not actually players, because they never fucking say it, but your sports media, your broadcasters saying, oh, he's, he's from Texas. He's going to go to Texas. He's done everything. He's going home. The dude's a legend in L.A. Been in L.A. for how fucking long? It is home. Yeah, he's probably got friends and family still here. Granted, I do think with him that it is between two teams, and it is between the Dodgers and us. Um, with how many pitchers have went off the board right before the CBA expired, now that we're on lockdown, a lot of pitchers went off the board pretty quick there at the end. Um, surely J.D. and Chris have got to be talking right now. Hey. What do we got to do to get Kershaw here? A lot of people dog Kershaw. Uh, you watched. Uh, got it, I got it. What's he, 34? Yeah. He's not that old. It's just been in the league for fucking ever. Granted, he might be He's past his prime now. I mean, he's on the downhill slope, but it's not like he's just an old fucking man out there. The dude's still a good fucking pitcher. Go get his ass. Bring him in there. We still got the money to spend. Because I think we said we wanted to add up to 100, 100 million in, in payroll this year. And we've only we added up to like 76. Go fucking get Kershaw now. All, all your other top pitchers are pretty much gone. Go get Kershaw. Sell the fucking home shit. Pay him more. We don't have the luxury tax that California has. Bring him in. You have him and Gray this year as you want to. And now, now, I mean, Gray's got experience. But now you get Kershaw, like we said with Gray. Teaching those guys, teaching your Cole Wynn, your Dane Dunning, your Jack Light. Jack, you you go follow that motherfucker. You do what he says. You learn everything that motherfucker says. And we're going to have a monster of a rotation in a few years. Let alone him even still throwing the ball. But just him being around those guys, making them better. Is going to make us so much better in two, three, four years. So I love that Seeger has mentioned that he's talked to Kershaw. He wants Kershaw here. Um, but yeah, with 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 a lot of those pitches going off the board before that expired, before the lockout hit, um, we got to be planning on going and getting Kershaw pretty fucking quick. Um, we got the money to do it. Just go fucking get it done. Yeah, but I agree. Um, here's a fucking number shit I've been looking at while you're talking. Um, because I do think the big fucking thing that you hit on was the luxury tax. Um, and I think Kershaw is so much like Corey Seager. Um, he's done it all. He's got the fucking bag. He's got all this. Um, it's it's wild for us. Um, so, like you said, so far we're at. If I'm reading this right, I don't know. I don't have a fucking degree in finance. I don't understand this shit. Sometimes, um, <laughs> so far where we're at. If I'm looking at this right, as a team, seventy seven four thirty seven, seventy seven million four hundred thirty seven thousand. Um, that's our total adjusted salary. So far. that's total. Yes. So we wanted to add. A hundred million, not well, be a hundred million. We wanted to add, right? So our our projected 
competitive balance payroll is looking to be 132, 562. So we're still, here's the thing we're on a couple, we're still on the hook for a couple of things with Elvis Ned and Elvis. Um, so I don't think that's factored in here. So that's like, they're highlighted on whatever fucking website this is, blah, blah, blah. So I think if you add that in there, you get this. Which here's that's still not just like an outrageous amount. No. Even total number right now, 110 million. Um, so obviously we know that our fucking payroll last year wasn't $10 million. Yeah. So we still have room to play in this. We want to add a hundred million. The luxury tax that you're talking about, I just looked it up, 13.3%. Jesus. Clayton Kershaw's salary last year was somewhere around 32 million, I think. Um, so 30 million. So 13% of that is, you know, what, 5 million roughly? Five. Yeah. 20, 25 million from Texas is that equivalent $30 million salary. And we have no state income tax. Yeah, exactly. So everything you said, um, I mean, if I think another big thing that a lot of people might not realize, and maybe um, JD and Chris Young knew this. The CBA expired. There's no more negotiating, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's not shit to say about you can't talk to your own players and players can't talk to players. Right. Yeah. So I think um, even to solidify it more, that's fucking huge that we got you can't, the deal. You can't, you can't talk to your own players, right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think you can talk. You, you can't talk to your own players, yeah. but players can talk to players. Players can talk to players. So, so. You know, before that deadline hit, they're like, hey, this is our plan. Here's our paperwork. Right. You go have dinner with fucking Clayton and his wife. Take your wife, too. Fuck it, Marcus, you and your family come also. Y'all go out to dinner. Here's some extra fucking money Yeah. on us. Go sit down and read him this. This is our game plan. This is what we will offer. There's shady shit going on. Yeah, from what I understand is bosses and players aren't – you can't fucking blah, blah, blah. But there's nothing about fucking bros being bros. Exactly. And you can't tell me that fucking Kershaw and Corsier don't go win a World Series together and they don't fucking talk to each other occasionally, especially with all the all the talk, all the everything going on. Hey, hey, Corey, you know, what's up with Texas? You know, tell me what you think. And, then, yeah. and, and fucking John Daniels and Chris Young planted this seed. That's why or they wanted the deal done yeah. before the CBA lockout. This is a completely different narrative if Clayton Kershaw asks Corey Seager that question and we're in a lockout and they don't have a thing finished. He's like, well, well, last I heard, you know, they told me they were interested. No, yeah. it's a fucking done deal. Hey, man, I'm going to be in Texas for the next 10 years. Yeah. Like, whatever they fucking – here's what they sold me on. Let me tell you that. Like, this is a fucking extension of the front office being able – and just like you said – Hey man, like I told them that we needed somebody else. They went and got Marcus. Like I fucking met with Marcus. Marcus is cool. Like you're a fucking intelligent baseball player. You know he's a good guy. Like we can make something come together here. We got Joe oh, yeah. Gray, Cole Calhoun. Like that's one of the things that uh is fucking impressive to me. And I mean, we pretty much hit all around it now. I can't fucking sit here and just keep it quiet. Like that's 
that's who my fucking Lone Star is this week is the front office for making oh, yeah. the moves that they made in in the order, the fashion, the timely manner that they did. Oh, yeah. Because it plants these seeds and it gets, like you said, I mean, owners can't talk, but bros are going to be bros, man. Yeah. The fucking and, and the like said, lockout's not going to prevent that. No. And and you knew you knew the CBA, you knew the lockout was coming. So like I just said, say before December one, you got all the shit out of the way. JD and CY is like, all right, Marcus, Corey, here's a uh, week's paid vacation for you and your families um, to the Maldives. Tell Kershaw his is paid for too. You got your private fucking uh, lodging on the beach, private dinners. We got everything set up, first-class flights, private jets, what the fuck ever. Here's our paperwork. You know the plan. You, Corey, you know him. Here's the plan. Here's what we plan to offer. If he wants to go up, we can negotiate a little more, but this is what we plan to offer because we do want the fucking guy. But you give him the layout. We have all the paperwork ready for you. Y'all go have a good week in the Maldives. Yeah. Bros and bros. <laughs> talking sports. Talking talk, talking business. Talking their jobs. Yeah. It is. It's fucking. It's crazy. And it, I mean, if, it, it's, if you don't think that that stuff doesn't happen, I mean, it's well, like, who was, wasn't it? Wasn't it Freddie Freeman's wife the other day that posted a photo from Napa Valley and like. Oh, shit, I didn't even see it. Like, baseball Twitter just immediately put it together, and they were like, Dave Roberts owns a vineyard in Napa Valley. Oh, like, my God. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> like I didn't it, see that. It, I think it was Freddie Freeman's wife. I hope, uh, he, he'd, I hope he don't go out there. Yeah, I hope not either. But I know it, we're in North Texas pod, but I hope he don't go. Yeah. And it's like you said, like, even if he doesn't go out there, there are these crazy fucking – offers and shit just like that being solicited to these players because they're like oh, hey yeah. we're, we're either coming up on and like you said like well, well you know that they have no fucking problem working that in however they need to hey Corey, we'll work in a fucking we'll, we'll throw in a fucking extra million dollars on your signing bonus if uh you know if if you fucking marcus and clayton can fucking make it work to get down to yeah get yeah. down to the fucking maldives like, yeah it's on us we'll, we'll fucking make the paperwork right Hell, you can fucking sit there and be like, hey, where do you want to go on vacation? Yeah. On yeah. us. Just take right. your boy. Yeah. Give us 30 minutes to figure out how much that's going to cost for all you guys, and we'll fucking work it into the contract. Exactly. Yeah, that signing yeah. bonus. It's yours. Yep. Fucking love it. Um, that's it. I jumped the gun. I rolled into the fucking – That's I rolled fine. into the goddamn fucking that's Lone Star. But. I love it. We had a lot of Lone Stars this week. We had a lot, a lot, a lot, and we've hit on a lot of them. Um, I wrote down Tim Hardaway just because last night, like we said, we had we had no Luca, we had no Porzingis, and a lot of times this year it's been Jalen. Um, he put the team on his back. Uh, thirty-one points, twenty-nine or thirty-one minutes, twenty-nine points, seven rebounds, and especially like you said, end of the game, he got us back in it. He got us that fucking close. Just played his fucking. Dick off. Um, but even the other two games earlier in the week, 
25 minutes, 16, 25, and 12. But last night, you could tell without Luco, without KP, without Cauley Stein, Jalen had a decent game, but Hardaway said, hey, I got this shit. Like, put him on my back. Let's go. Let's go fucking win. Granted, we still lost. But the dude played his ass off, and I still don't think he gets enough love that he deserves. I mean, our number three guys, kind of between him and Jalen. And with the healthy Luka and KP, if those two can both click, we're a good fucking team. But I got Tim down. But, I mean, fuck it. Michael Gallup looked great. The fucking ridiculous catches. Um, Rope with the hattie. Uh, Robo with the almost hattie that we thought was coming. Uh, Holtby with a fucking great game. Benny Smith last night. I mean, we had a lot of big guys. Anthony Brown. We had, a, we had a lot of guys to choose from this week for our Lone Stars. So, it was a great week. Um, I mean, I know there's a couple L's in there, but it was really a good week by the boys across the board. Um, I can't complain. My Texas Heat, though, and this is kind of another one. I mean, I mean, we played so well this week for the most part as a whole, other than injuries. Um We've harped on the Cowboys a lot, which I know you Cowboys we only get once a week. But I'm going to go Mike McCarthy. We have five games left with a two-game lead in the division. We should be further up than that. Shit happens. It is the fucking NFL. You lose games you shouldn't lose. We have a two-game lead in the division. And we like we talked about earlier, we got four division games in the last five weeks. We got five fucking games, four divisions. McCarthy has to get these boys ready to go and know that these next games are more important than the rest of the fucking season we've already had. We have a five-game season starting today. Five-game season. Go win four of them. Call it fucking day. Let's go. But Mike McCarthy has my hot seat. And it's not really because he's – I mean, we've dogged him a lot. It's not really that he's done a bad job. He's had questionable shit, but won ball games. Wasn't there Thursday because of COVID. But it's such a crucial time right now that he is feeling the Texas heat for me. Yeah, I like it. Like you said, I mean, fuck, man, it's it's such a good week for us as a podcast, as fans of these teams, everything that you mentioned. Um, and I think the, the one fucking thing that we're needing – to see more performance out of is going to be the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. I mean, every to hit every single thing you said, it's a fucking five-game season from here on out. Four of those are division games. It, it's ours to lose. It's ours to blow wide open. Um, and that's going to start from the top down. That's got to come from Mike. Um, I don't know if we fucking ever double down. I don't know if we're allowed to. Fuck it. We, we run yeah, this we're thing, so <laughs> we do whatever. Um, yeah, man. Um, you've just – even more to hit on all the good shit that we had happen this week. That's, that's what we want. You know, we, oh, yeah. we created the whole fucking Lone Star Texas heat thing as a thing to just try and add to this content. We're fucking static about the fact that we're fucking fumbling, trying to figure out who we're going to put on that. We, yeah, on both of them. Yeah. We love that. Um, so I, I think the Cowboys 
have to show us something before we record again. Um, yeah. We'll have a noon game Sunday. We'll definitely be able to fucking watch it, take it all in, put some shit together. Um, and I hope it's fucking dynamic. Um, and maybe something falls off in some other sports and shit like that. Um, but I think Mike McCarthy, Cowboys as a whole right now, they're on the hot seat. They got Oh, yeah. They're filling the fucking Texas seat. They've got to show us more next week. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it, it's, it's always a good thing whenever your Texas Heat, you're struggling to kind of find somebody. And then on your fucking Lone Star, you're trying to single one guy out because everybody's yep. So, yeah, yep. might be – that's definitely our greatest week on Texas Heat, Lone Star choices. Um, can't complain about it one bit. We need those every week. Anything left to wrap us up? Man, wrapping us up today. Folks, check it out. I don't know if you watch the YouTube. If you don't watch the YouTube, it's your loss. Clint's got an awesome fucking bobblehead collection. I've got some sports cards back here. I'm fucking, this room used to look like a serial killer's room. <laughs> um, watch the YouTube. Follow the Twitter. The fucking Nortex merch is here. We've got yep. it. Um, we've got shirts. We've got koozies. We might even have some more shit coming down the line. Um, yeah. You know, these these people that we got working with us are fucking phenomenal. They're shooting ideas back at us, um, stuff like that. So hop on board. Um, just follow, man. Follow all the socials. Check us out. We're trying to do some live stuff. Um, I think we'll talk about it offline, but um, – if, if we can fucking make it happen next week, since we're going to be together, like, I think it'd be badass if we fucking just recorded raw oh, right yeah. after the game together. That, yeah, that would be cool. Um, check the, check the pages. You know, we're, we're trying to put out content. We're definitely putting out merch. Um, and as always, like, tell us, tell us the shit you want. Keep yeah. fire us. With, like Chad has no problem asking us questions every week. Fucking <laughs> brain burners. Yeah. Um, any other like if anyone else has any shit, you know, throw it at us. It it makes us think. It makes us put out better content. Right. We got a fucking like we put out a. I mean, I feel like a pretty good episode just off of what's going on, mostly with interaction. So yeah, fucking yeah. The more you interact, fuck. The longer this will get, the more we'll do. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, I think the big thing for us is we got we got koozies. We got shirts. Follow us. I think we're going to do a couple giveaways, shit like that. Um, you know, reach out to us. We'll definitely make sure that uh, we make that known when we do those giveaways. And then, you know, we'll, we're going to have merch to put out there to sell, stuff like that. So follow the pages, man. Yeah, absolutely. We will see y'all next week, hopefully with a live episode.